0: good morning listeners and you're welcome to this week's ag report i'm jim finn now later on in the program i will be talking to neve nolan about farm safety and she is the coordinator of an eip on farm safety i will also be talking to john keane who is the president of macron of i met him at the plowing championships and we will be talking a little bit about stoves with brew Stoves and Turlis. And we also have a piece uh, this morning on broadband. But my first guest this morning is Vincent Power from Chagas. And Vincent is with me and we're going to be talking about various uh, matters that are of importance at the moment. Good morning, Vincent, and thanks very much for joining us.
1: Good morning, Jim. Thanks for having me.
0: Okay. It's your first time with, with me and I believe you're a Walsh scholar, so can you tell me a little yeah. bit about the Walsh program?
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm in Tipperary uh, since uh, September, Jim, so I'm on the Walsh scholarship program, so it's a collaboration between Chagas and UCD uh, to complete a master's um, and it's funded fully funded by Chagas, so I applied for it there in 2021 and just it's a two-year program, so you're on full-time placement in Chagot. Uh So I spent my first year in Cantork in County Cork, and uh, my second year then is in Clamel in County Tipperary. area. It's a good program for advisory. It's geared towards the advisory side of the, the house. So you're doing modules through UCD kind of in a blended format. So I suppose that's kind of online. And this year I'm in UCD one day a week, and you're four days a week in Chagas. So... You get to kind of do all aspects of advisory work and during your time there, then you complete your FOSS training to be an approved uh, farm advisor as well. So it's a, it's a good program and I suppose it's kind of Tagus internship program in a way. And you get great support from mentors and all the senior advisors in the office. So really enjoying it so far anyway, Jim.
0: I presume that it is in honor of the great Tom Walsh.
1: That's it, yeah. Yeah, that's it. It was created in honour of him. Uh, so there's, I suppose there's two master's programmes. My one is Ag uh, Extension and Innovation, mm-hmm. and the other one is Innovation Support. So that's a research master's. And I suppose in my class there's around six of us. So I suppose between the two, there's maybe around 20 students taken on each year. So they open for applications around May each year. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure some of your listeners might be in fourth year. They might be uh, interested in it, so they should keep an eye out on the Chagas website uh, or, or indeed, uh UCD's website. I suppose
0: it, uh, it has it as well. Okay, well that that's great. That's a bit of background about yourself, Vincent. Now you're with me primarily to speak about the new Acres scheme.
1: Yeah, yeah. So as far as looks that the acre scheme is open uh, at the moment, uh Jim. Uh, so it's, it's the Agri-Climate Rural Environment Scheme. It's a new five-year scheme uh, that will run, fi- um, run until 2027, starting next year, and it's open for applications at the moment for Tranche One. So there's $1.5 allocated to it, so there's a lot of money for it. And basically, uh, there's 50,000 farmers expected in total. And, and they're expecting Tranche 1, which is open at the moment, there's around 30,000 expected mm-hmm. to apply for, or to get into Tranche 1. Now, that's uh, broken down further. So there's two um, measures, and it's either a cooperation measure or the general scheme. Uh, farmers don't have the choice um, which one they'll be going in for. That's, that's determined by the, the area in which they're farming. So... The cooperation one is a kind of a a results-based program and that's scored by a dedicated cooperation team next year. So basically, they'll come out with scorecards and walk the land. And basically, the cooperation measure is is areas that have been identified as a a high nature value kind of. The general scheme then, that would be open to all farmers. And I suppose that's uh, that's the more, there'll be different measures that farmers can choose as part of that. But the actions can be selected on parcels uh, that were submitted in the 2022 uh, basic payment scheme. And you must have submitted a 2021 basic payment to be eligible to apply. Um, so look, fire farmers are five, signing up for a five-year scheme. So they kind of want to go through it in detail with their advisor about what, what measures they want to do and to make sure that they're kind of confident that any rented land or anything like that is going to be there for the five years. Mm -hmm. Uh, just for that in the cooperation project I suppose uh, the money is ring so commonage will say uh, Mm -hmm. the money is all anyone with commonage if you're going into acres it's a mandatory action so if you're in the cooperation zone the commonage land is ring fenced uh, the money at 145 euros a hectare so whatever commonage you have uh, you'll be taking that that right. figure off and then you'll have money left for the general actions after that and if you have grasslands under the cp zone, that'll be ring fenced at three hundred a hectare, and then you'll it'll be scored by the CP team next year.
0: What kind of different actions then come under it for payment?
1: yeah, so um in terms of the general scheme, mm-hmm. so there's, there's there's various different actions i suppose look, there's extensive grassland and low input grassland. Those kind of measures, they're, they're, I suppose they're kind of what we call flowery grassland, old mm-hmm. pastures. So you're not looking for the kind of high ryegrass fields or that kind of way. In terms of the tillage farms, you have riparian buffer strips, uh, arable margins, uh, catch crops, minimum tillage. So there's, there is options there for everyone. Uh, something like planting hedgerows, that's a fairly well-paid uh, measure. It's at 5.29, 5.29 a metre. Um, planting trees is another one things like low emission flurry spreading for farmers that are under the 100 kilos of nitrogen per hectare that's another option. So look there's, there's different options out there for, for most farmers. Now the general scheme is tiered so look tier 1 and tier 2 they're the kind of priority areas i suppose and uh, certain farmers when we do a farm sustainability plan which is part of this uh, application certain farmers will be they'll be in different tiers depending on what what shows up so they might be in a for example a high status of water area and that will get them into tier two or or, uh, or a tier one actually mm. and a vulnerable status water if they choose a certain action to benefit that load so the like of Low-input grasslands or extensively grazed pasture will be suitable for those those mm-hmm. measures. There's there's options there for most farmers. They have to go through an advisor, and um, so I'm sure at this stage now it's been well uh, advertised. Um, the department has run various information courses, so uh, farmers they would have put in an expression of interest with the um, with their advisors, and their advisors are probably after talking to them now at this stage and going through a plan of vision and if not, they'll be doing it over the next couple of weeks because there's not, uh, not a long window left now on, on, the, on this scheme.
0: When is the closing date?
1: So the closing date for this scheme at the moment is the 21st of November.
0: Right, but, on top um, of us, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I suppose advisors are under a lot of pressure at the moment there to get the to get through as many as we can. There's been a huge amount of interest in it, I suppose. Mm-hmm uh going coming on from the last glass scheme and a lot of old farmers would want to be continuing on i suppose in a way and then there's a lot of interest from new new clients Mm going for this scheme too so look there's a lot of money there over the five years for for farmers to choose
0: that's the acres are there any other schemes uh open for application at the moment vincent
1: yeah we actually got word yesterday uh jim there that the fodder support scheme for 2023 is now open for application so that was that was the scheme that came out uh, last year and it was basically to pay farmers to conserve silage so what what the story is of that is only farmers who applied in 2022 are eligible to apply for the 2023 scheme that the farmers will know and the advisors will know who's who's after applying from uh, this year but basically the land that they chose for 2023 that will be able to be adjusted next May uh, or, ju- or May to July yeah. in 2023 but the application has to be made uh, now because the um, the 5th of December is the closing date for that so the the application yeah. should be put in there as soon as possible
0: Okay well look at for this morning we'll leave it there I want to thank you ever so much for joining us It's great to have a new voice on this particular programme we wish you the best of luck with the scholarship and i sincerely hope that it all works out very well for you that listeners was vincent power from chagas listeners my next guest this morning is neve nolan and neve is the person who is heading up here in the county and uh, she's going to tell us a little bit more about it it's farmers for safety it's an eip that is funded by the EU, and Neve is there, as I said at the beginning, the person who heads it up for the county. Good morning, Neve, and you're welcome to Ag Report on Tip FM.
2: Good morning, Jim. Thanks very much for having me on this morning. Um, it's great to be on Tip FM to tell you a bit about our EIP Agri project. I suppose just to kind of give you an overview of the project and what we hope to do, I suppose, is to adopt this farmer um, to farmer mentor approach to engage farmers in attitudinal and behavioural change towards farm safety by tackling and improving the social norms around farm safety and emotional well-being. So really it looks at farmers learning from each other about the different mechanisms of farm safety but also how to look after their own health and well-being.
0: The programme is running Neve, about a year because I know when it was announced originally by the Minister I had an interview with the Minister. So what I'd like to know now is Number one, what area do you cover?
2: We cover Tipperary, Cork and Westford and Jim. The reason those three counties are picked is, unfortunately, they have the highest number of farm fatalities in the country. In the last 10 years, Cork had, had 31 fatalities, Tipperary had 13 and Westford had 12. That's based on the HSA data. So we're focusing on them county trying to change farmers' attitudes and behaviours towards farm safety, health and well-being and hope to reduce the number of farm fatalities and injuries or near hits on farms.
0: Yeah, and I was at the ploughing and I was looking at the farm safety stand there or some stand that had uh, stats up with regard to the number of people killed in the last 10 years and I was absolutely shocked.
2: Yeah, it really does, you know, it's, it's the highest number. It's the highest number of farm fatalities, injuries. You know, it's the most. It's the most industry that has the highest number of fatalities or injuries in the in the whole country. So it is a it is a massive concern for the industry and the sector itself. Like you know, you're seven times more likely to be killed working on a farm rather than any industry or sector in Ireland. So that's a worry in itself. And you know, considering it, this project we hope. To highlight this issue of farm safety health and well-being but also not just the safety aspect and we look at the health and well-being side and how that can influence safety on the farms you know with the extreme pace of farming there's an awful lot of pressure and anxiety on farmers to keep with the overall you know running of the, the business itself so it's important to alleviate those issues and stresses or even just to signpost farmers the relevant supports and services that they may require within their area or their catchment area. So it's important this peer-to-peer mentor approach, which we, this project is run on, is mentors on the ground within the within the catchment areas to highlight those, those support services, or just even to just have a chat with the farmer and highlight the different safety measures that they can to put in place on their farm. The easier ones is more, you know, even just a PTO cover, things like that that we want to address, but also, I suppose with this peer to peer approach is to alleviate the issue of socialization within the farming industry, the farmers can learn from each other rather than an inspector coming which learn from another farmer and just to make it more safer and for them for those who work and live and visit their farm
0: okay, as I said, there was uh, we were talking about you running roughly for a year now uh, you know. What progress have you made or have you been able to measure that has been made in the past year?
2: Well, I suppose, um, to be honest, considering we're a pilot project and we're running nearly to to a year now, in my opinion, I'm not trying to sound biased, but I feel like we've made massive progress in the catchment areas and like between Cork, Tipperary and Westford they're all different in their own right Um, and not every farming community is the same. The one thing about EIP Agri projects is they can tailor to suit the communities themselves. So our EIP Agri project is Farmer to Farmer so whatever the mentors found on the ground we address that or we organize events or workshops tailored to the farming community their needs and their issues as well. So I suppose looking at um, the past year or so what we've done is We've recruited six part-time farm mentors to each of the catchment areas. Obviously, myself was part a, a full-time coordinator on this project. We've also carried out many talks and events with the mentors to equip them with the relevant skills, knowledge, expertise to carry out their role as mentors in the ground. We've launched the project back in um, April when, when, as you said, um, you were talking to Minister Martin Hayden. And I suppose since then, we've linked it with AgriKids, kids which is a farm safety platform for children. And Ryan, we ran a sticker competition with Anna Jordan from AgriKids just to raise awareness of safety, health and wellbeing. And we allowed, um would we'll say, communities to come together to address safety, health and well-being by giving them the option to um, create a sticker. So we provided a template for the community and we circulated around to local newspapers, radios and different forms of media platforms. And I suppose that we hoped that by getting this sticker competition going, it would allow the creative side for children or just communities as well to come up with innovative ideas of how they would raise awareness of farm safety, health and well-being through a sticker. And along with the sticker, we got them to write an inspiration and a short note of what farm safety, health and well-being means to them. We received over 200 entries for that competition. We also attended, um, I think it was eight agriculture shows and events throughout the catchment areas um, in Cork, Tipperary and Westford. And just to highlight and raise awareness of our project, how can people can become involved. If they want to find out more, they can go to the website. Or we are on social media platforms as well, such as Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And it's just about kind of expanding the reach within the catchment areas to, to our other projects and what it can do and what we hope to do as well for the farming community. And I suppose we also carried out surveys as well. We recently received 152 responses from partners or farmers. We received 52 responses from partners, and we received 28 responses from uh, service providers such as AI technicians, scans and advisors. So today, in my opinion, we've done tremendous work to the mentors on the ground, especially only for them. They really determine the success of this project in the catchment areas. And at the minute, we're rolling out another batch of surveys just to see, has the farmers who've been involved in this project changed their attitudes and behaviours towards farm safety, but also health and well-being? I know the time frame of the project, was a concern, as you know, not many people would have changed attitudes and behaviours towards farm safety, health and well-being, because it is such a short time frame since our last batch of surveys mm-hmm. were, were distributed out. So that's really our progress today, Jim. Sorry if I
0: rambled on there a bit. No, 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 Niamh, that's absolutely fine. Now, I'm looking at your flyer and at the back of it, of course, it's probably the most valuable piece of it. What do you hope to achieve?
2: I suppose I really hope to achieve, you know, the mentors in themselves really are the success of this project, as I said, Jim, because they're the ones that find out the concerns and issues that the farmers face on the ground. But also we hope to achieve a change in farmers' attitudes towards farm safety, but also health and well-being. So we're not looking at just the farm safety aspect. So we're looking at the health and well-being of the farmer, the farm family. We want everyone to come together. Like As, as I said, the surveys the interviews, the partners, the service providers, all who came on the farm or visit the farm in their own right, and it's important to get everyone's perspective about the farmers' health and well-being, but also their attitude towards farm safety. And it's amazing to see the different responses. And you can see the responses, um, uh, kind of the most noteworthy responses on our, our website, which is www.farmers, the number four, safety.ie. And if you want to kind of uh, a copy of that as well, you can email me as well, um, which you can find the address on the webpage as well. So, really, what this project hopes to achieve is this change in attitude towards farm safety, but also health and well-being.
0: Okay. One of the things that's mentioned is that a new social norms. What do you mean by new social norms?
2: I suppose this is where the peer-to-peer approach comes in, Ah. really, Jim, You know, where farmers learn from each other and create these new social norms. So, like, recently we carried out an event in Cork on one of the farms, on one of the mentor's farms, and we'd done a Health and Safety Authority demo inspection. And we were divided out into different groups. And we were given certain themes or topics to look at. So look at animal handling, the machinery, the buildings. And so we were given certain themes and we focused on them themes. And from walking around the different groups at the event, it's amazing just to see this peer-to-peer mentor approach actually be practiced, practice and to see farmers learn from each other. And to even just one farmer said, look, I'm going to actually do that at home. It's a very easy tip but it's something that could save a life. And that's what we want to achieve within this project. We won't, obviously, it's not going to be measurable, but the more lives we can save, the better. And that's the whole whole aim of these Farm Safety, Health and Wellbeing I 3 projects.
0: Okay. before I let you go, another one of the things you hope to achieve is a cultural change in terms of farm
2: work practice. Yeah, we'll see. We'll be looking at different ways of how you can make things safer for yourself, for those who visit or work on the farm. Mm. So we're looking, I suppose, at every every farming community in the catchment area and their attitudes and behaviours towards farm safety. Not everyone, every catchment area or not every community is going to be the same. And we've allowed for that um, within our surveys. It's just to see the differences between the counties, their attitudes and behaviours towards farm safety as well-being. And we're hoping by the informing them about the different services, the different supports or even actually we created a WhatsApp chat as well within the three regions just to highlight of, you know, different events coming up in relation to farm safety, health and well-being. And I suppose looking at, OK, how can we change the cultural change uh, around farm safety, growth, health and well-being? So that's this peer-to-peer mentor, farmers meeting with each other, exchanging knowledge and creating this buddy system where farmers can bounce ideas off each other about the different ways they can be more safety aware, but also different ways and services and supports available to them in relation to um, health and well-being.
0: OK, well, Niamh, we're going to leave it there for, uh, for today. I'm quite sure that I will be talking to you again in about a year's time to see how all this is getting on. But look, at thanks ever so much for joining me this morning. That, listeners, was Neve Nolan, who is the coordinator of Farmers for Safety. Thanks very much, Jim. Listeners, my next guest is... The president of firma, John Keane, and I met John also at the ploughing. And uh, John, uh, you're nursing a uh, finger here, I see, at home at that.
3: Hello, Jimmy, and hello to all your listeners. I'm I'm nursing at home a thumb from a hurling-related injury last weekend. We were out in a, I'm a Leash man. We were out in the the county semi-final at the weekend and sustained a, a suspected broken thumb so on the mend
0: and, and feeling sorry for myself as well having lost the match so ok my information has it it's the second time you've broken it is it's the second time in three months so <laughs> an, an unfortunate <laughs> run of events this summer ok and I believe since I last spoke to you you've got engaged so congratulations have indeed yeah, thanks yeah. very much okay. Yeah. ok anyway let's talk makra. how is it going for you
3: uh, at the ploughing championships here have been yeah. a fantastic reception, to be honest. The, yeah. the tent has been very busy, as you've seen yeah. there, over yeah. the last two days. And it's, the throughput has been fantastic. I think the young people are very engaged on a number of issues in particular. Yeah. The whole issue of agriculture and the future of it. The environment is coming up time and time again. Um, and from a rural young person's point of view, issues around transport, you know, the rising cost of fuel access to education or some of the main topics that are coming
0: up at our tent here over the past few days. Right, and of course another topic here for the last two days I didn't know it until I came here on the first day and that is that you're rebanding we have. We have a, a new <laughs> MACRA logo and we're, oh, yeah. we're launching this evening at 6 o'clock here at the Ploughing
3: Championships. We have Maria Walsh MEP coming for to launch our, our new logo. So we've, we've gone through a, a process over the past six months of uh, rebranding the organisation and uh, I suppose pitching it to a, a new audience in, in rural Ireland and to, into rural towns as well. So we hope that it'll bring, uh, it'll bring plenty of fruit to the organisation into the future. Well, you did one
0: thing anyway. You didn't change the name.
3: No, absolutely. The, the Makra brand and the Bocra name is synonymous with Irish agriculture and uh, travelling around the ploughing championships here yesterday and today to see all the organisations that have been founded out of Macra, uh, It gives great heart for the future of the
0: organisation. Right, now talking about your members and membership growing.
3: Uh, We're at about 11,000 at the moment. Um, We're sort of static. The past 18 months or there or thereabouts. We've maintained at about 11,000. And we'd be hoping that as we come out of COVID, um, as we have the rebranding here, as we have the profile in agriculture and and on rural loot issues is rising all the time. I think that the attendance from different political representatives here in the past few days is testament to the work that's ongoing in relation to our policy work and indeed the social activities of members on the ground. We'd be hoping that we could grow that number, absolutely, and and get more active people on the ground into the organisation.
0: Right, and you are talking about policy, you mentioned your policy there. Now, I do know that you're very strong uh, as far as getting youth very much recognised, and particularly young farmers recognised, not only here in Ireland, but also across Europe. Uh, And uh, you've been a good spokesman on that. Are you happy with... Uh, would say how that spun out in CAP at the end? I suppose if if you
3: ask anybody in Mocker, I'm never happy, Jim. Um, But I think in terms of the spin-out from CAP, look, we've been fairly vocal to say we think it was a missed opportunity for generation renewal. It was one of the main nine key objectives of the Common Agricultural Policy this time around. The government and our minister here has maintained the supports that were in the last Common Agricultural period. The numbers of young farmers stayed static in that period of time. So... I don't think if we're looking to increase it that those level of supports from CAP are going to achieve that objective of generation renewal and to increase it. So our ask has been really simple from the Minister, has been supporting the policy instruments that support young farmers, increasing the investment in young farmers, uh, improving the access to land to young farmers and gaining access to finance for young farmers, which is a big issue for our, our active young farming population.
0: And you don't think that that's going to happen between now and 2027 if the uh, at the speed that you would like it to happen?
3: No, well, if we look at the detail yes, within yeah. the CAP strategic plan, those instruments that I've measured to yeah. support land mobility, to support increase access to finance for young farmers... Those aren't contained within the Common Agriculture Cap Strategic Plan that we've submitted, that Ireland has submitted already, and it has been approved by the Commission a number of weeks ago. So no, they're not contained within that. We'll have to get national support to do that, and I know the budget is coming up next week, and the renewal of the taxation reliefs for young farmers are going to be critical in that. Uh, Stock relief, stamp duty relief, capital acquisitions tax... All of those reliefs and tax measures are up for renewal this year and it's crucial that they are rolled over and continued until 2025 along with increased support for land mobility and access
0: to finance. Now there's another issue that has come up over the last number of weeks, maybe only less than a week, and that is there's a commission sitting on taxation and their findings, if they are true, that we hear, uh, as far as the... Passing on of a farm from from a father to a son or a father to a relative or whatever the case may be they 're looking for massive and drastic cuts in uh, acquis- capital acquisition tax
3: there they have it It was recommended a reduction in the total figure allowed down from in the three hundred thousand odd yeah. bracket to, into double digits into the yeah. you know less than one hundred thousand and similarly the agricultural relief mm-hmm. that 's currently available of ninety percent to reduce that to eighty percent. Now from uh, a young farmer's point of view and from a policy point of view, at European level there is rules governing all state aid measures and they did a review of those state aid measures this year and is due to be published by the Commission in October and it clearly states that the state aid measures, which our capital acquisitions tax falls under, it clearly states that these measures need to be increased and improved to support generation renewal. So when the Commission on Taxation in Ireland here Recommendations are in opposition to those from the European Commission in relation to state aid. We have a serious issue in terms of supporting generation renewal. And I would favour on the side of the European Commission's findings that those taxation reliefs need to be expanded as opposed to making it more restrictive for young people to access farming and access agriculture.
0: I'm quite sure then when the two, these two reports uh, clash, uh, John Keane will be fighting very hard for Europe. Absolutely, I, I yeah. think the, and the recognition for the young
3: and for young farmers, the recognition yeah. is there at European level that we need to do more. We need further support from Europe. Absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Um, and we need that realisation across all policy instruments that generation renewal must be at the forefront of everything. You know, we've, we've 5% of the active farming population under 35. To any of your listeners who might be teachers or nurses or doctors or guards, if they looked around their staff room or their office and saw that only 5% of their co-workers were under 35, they'd probably all say that there's a huge issue and supports are needed. It should be the same in agriculture.
0: Right, so you would support, like, you know, when I was farming, I got out under the first farm retirement plan, which was very general. That has been knocked on the head by Europe and by Irish governments ever since. But that got an awful lot of young young people at that particular time. They're no longer Mm -hmm. young people now. They're all in their 50s. Got them, you know, got them into agriculture at the right time.
3: And I think we've looked for a we have looked for a succession scheme on yeah. farm within Mock, over the past number of years we've put it forward in our cap submissions we've put it forward in our pre-budget submissions and from a european point of view there are member states across the eu who have on farm succession schemes within their cap strategic plans so to say that it's not going to be supported at the european level is simply untrue and we recognize that from a succession point of view You need to supply the older farmers with financial support to make them financially secure as they step back from farming and to provide the investment support for young people to step forward. And we do think that there is a role in there for a real, tangible, valuable on-farm succession scheme that can ensure that older farmers have an opportunity to step back while also providing the opportunities for young people to come forward. That's something which is going to be critical for land transfer between generations. And it's a tool that other member states have used. And it's something which we feel would be absolutely crucial here to ensure generation renewal on farm.
0: One last question to you. I know you're very busy, John. You spoke there about making land available to young farmers Mm -hmm. and the structure of farms in Ireland. Uh, basically is the farm passes from one generation to the other and there are an awful lot of young people being trained in our agricultural colleges who do not have a bank of land but would love to farm. Absolutely. So how do we solve that problem? Within Mocker we have what's called the Land Mobility Service and
3: it is actively working in this space where farmers who have pieces of ground who would like to transfer it, who would like to sell it, who would like to lease it, who would like to work in partnerships contact that service. Young people and young farmers can also contact that service and they're matched up with landowners who are suitable to them. And that's a really successful service. There's about 60,000, almost 60,000 acres have been facilitated and transferred within that service in the past five or six years. It's actively working. And what's needed is further government support to expand that service. At the moment, it's working in regional areas. And the reason for that is because it's getting support from different cooperatives. And if you're a cooperative, you're obviously going to want it to work in your area. That's natural enough. Yeah. But what's needed is further government support to ensure that it's across the country. And I think your point there is very fitting. If you were a plumber or an electrician, and your, your dad was a plumber or electrician, and the only way you could become a plumber or electrician was because he had a toolbox to allow you to do that job. That's what we're saying right. in terms of farming. The only way you can become a farmer now is if your parents have a farm and can pass it on to you. Because that's the majority of how people get into it these times. But we need to encourage more people from outside the farming background, from outside the act farming, to come into farming and to invest in the future in it. And through the Land Mobility Service, through an on-farm succession scheme,
0: those are going to be the pathways that can create and deliver for young farmers. OK, look at John, thanks very much. Best of luck at the launch later on today. We're getting a little bit of opposition from behind we us here. indeed. So so we we'll Ta- leave it at that. Thanks very much. That Jim listeners Jim. was John Keane, the president of the Mochran Firma. <laughs> listeners, one really good uh, Tipperary company that have gone from strength to strength are brew stoves and I see they have the word patios after them now and I have Dermot Fitzgerald, uh, a man there, and I spoke. I spoke to Dermot. It must be seven, or eight years ago. I'd Dermot. say at least seven or eight, like eight years, about, eight yeah, years, good years good. ago. And you've gone from strength to strength there on the Templemore Road since then.
4: We have. I'll tell you, we've we've completely changed our our business model, especially whatever that has went on in the last two or three years. But we're really we're after we becoming much more customer focused. we're uh, we're delivering all over the country, fitting all over the country. We're doing full service now. Whereas before we were only manufacturing, now we're manufacturing, we're doing start-to-finish installations, which is, which is brilliant because it means we can, we can look after our own product. And when you have a good product, it's great to know that it's fitted right and people are getting the absolute best from it.
0: Right, you're, uh, that's a good sales pitch now, Dermot. Oh, I, 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 I was waiting there for a few few minutes and you are really <laughs> uh, doing, doing the hard sell. But look at, uh, as you quite rightly said, things have changed in the last year they really have changed in the last nine months Uh, and an awful lot of people will be looking for stoves that will uh, you know burn alternative uh, to oil anyway
4: absolutely and i'll tell you with the cost of oil and the cost of gas it's gone it's it look it's scary it's gone so expensive one of the things that people don't realize is wood is actually completely renewable if wood is burned in a proper manner and it's it's grown in a sustainable manner it's actually carbon neutral everyone is going off looking for these panacea these new big systems that are this that and the other when a block of timber that's available three miles down the road that's what'll heat your home you have no processing you have no like there's no point in pushing these problems and especially with the environment no point in pushing these problems down the road as far as somebody else
0: okay now when you we're talking about stoves i'm looking at some of your stoves here at the and uh, they, they all seem to have logs in them. Do you do ones for wood pellets?
4: Uh, we do wood pellets as well. Yeah. We, um, now we don't manufacture wood pellets though, right. we actually import those because the Italians are very good at it. No point in us doing the whole um, <laughs> Ciao bello. But
0: well, you're, so, you're not taking on the attack. Uh, no, not,
4: not, not, at, not <laughs> at the minute because yeah. they're very electrical. You wouldn't take uh, them on No, uh, well, although, I'll tell you, we, we'll stand back and we'll watch <laughs> and we'll train and then all of a sudden <laughs> we'll take it over. But the one thing is the, the uh, pellets are a bit more complex, they're a bit more electrical, so there's a lot more binding different components for it right. that we just can't make in Ireland. And we like control of our own products, so we like to make every aspect of it. Um, so it was easier for us to find a, a pellet product that we could import, as opposed to
0: yeah, as we trying to go, exactly. go around and reinvent and, the wheel. And
4: exactly, and it's oh. done already. It's done very well, so we're happy. We're look, we're after partnering up with a couple of decent companies that that are loyal, they're good, they have good backup service, and we have spares.
0: Okay, and. Uh, I was looking in there. You have an electrical uh, display here as well. Yeah, we. That could be expensive heating now, could it? it
4: well, I tell you, it was a great idea at the time, <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those things, right? People want they, they want the look of it. A lot of these new passive houses, they want the look of the fire, the feel of the fire without the fire. Right. So again, they ex- look, they're cheap to look at. Um, it's only when you turn the heat on that they become expensive. But again, that can all change as well. Yeah. Look, it's it, as they say in, in politics, <laughs> the situation is fluid.
0: Well, it's very fluid, and uh, a, a day in politics can be a long time. Oh. So maybe a, a week or a month in, uh, you know, the heating of one's homes can be a, 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 a long day in politics as well.
4: Absolutely, and I tell you, it's after changing probably three or four times well, in the last yeah. three or four to- in the last three or four years, which is. It's unbelievable. I've, I've never seen that in my lifetime, and I, hopefully I'll never see it again. It's, it's nice to know what you're heating your home with and how you're going to heat, and that, that you'll be able to get that heat, that heat into the home and fuel and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. so so a backup is really what we're, we're, I suppose we've been pushing as a service for the last year is a backup to your power that you can throw the old spot into a bit of tin file and into the fire, and away you go. go. Simplistic, but it works.
0: Okay, well, look at... it. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. You've come a long way now since you had a mobile unit at Browning uh, Oh, Blowing I tell you. Absolutely. And you're here with a massive stand, and you're very busy, and I'm glad to see you're very yeah, bi- bi- no, busy there. It's yeah. brilliant.
4: Thanks a million for coming in to visit. Oh, right. I'm Great going see around you.
0: looking for people that I know or spoke to in the past or that have a temporary connection. Oh, and well, that's, that's the very job. Important. We have to keep <laughs> well, t- flying
4: definitely going we to... Premier, <laughs> we are
0: the Premier County. Absolutely, there, so 100% <laughs> and
4: we're fair good. <laughs> and we're fair good.
0: Oh, look, thanks a million. Go back and try to sell more stoves.
4: Absolutely, okay. sell, sell, sell. Thanks a million. <laughs>
0: thanks a million. Okay, that's uh, listeners, term from uh, Brew Stoves there on the Templemore Road in Torless. And if you're in the market for a stove, I can tell you one thing, you can't beat a brew stove. Listeners, with me now I have the Randall family, and they're with me to talk about the good side of broadband. They're very fortunate that they have it, and they got it from the National Broadband Ireland, the people responsible for giving us uh, broadband in rural Ireland. They run a food business, uh, they're living near Care. I've met them before uh, at the Care uh, Farmers Market some some years ago, and I suppose. Broadband and particularly access to fibre and to uh, some sort of fast broadband is vital to both people who are farming, have off-farm businesses and above all, as I know it now, as being a grandfather for my grandchildren, which is very important because they're at a big disadvantage if they don't have broadband in the house. So the Randall family wants to tell us their story to what fast broadband meant to them. So can I start here with you, my dear?
4: Yep. Hi, okay. I'm, I'm Lorraine. So for us, we got connected just before Christmas. We were one of the first families in Tipperary to get connected to it, and it's made a huge difference to us. We can all be on the internet all at the same time, So one of us can be on Netflix. I've actually managed to get a job where I'm working from home, which I needed to have the fast broadband to do that. And as well as that, we have our own business, which is Isle Farm. So we have an online shop. And we've also been able to put in a security camera on the farm, which is run on Wi-Fi, which we wouldn't have been able to do before, which gives us an instant feed. So even if we're not at home, it's recording anybody that comes up to the farm.
0: Radio and what about the farming side of it? I know you say you don't have we don't, a farm. We don't do such. much in
5: the way of farming at all now. No, no, no. no. Uh, you are a food producer. Yep, indeed we are. Um, and the the, the the thing about this uh, fast broadband is, and I was saying this to somebody earlier. We're kind of used to it now. We've had it there eight months. You know, it was installed just before Christmas, and um, we're kind of used to now that. Everybody can do their own thing, whereas before we couldn't. Um, if Lorraine was trying to send an attachment, she'd be shouting down to Jake here to to get off the internet, for me to get off the internet, everyone to get off the internet. Um, but now we can all be on the internet doing our own thing. Um, we have, as Lorraine says, a security camera um, now, uh, you know, on the farmyard, and we can see from here, you know, even at the ploughing. I can get a, a message alert, and I can look at my phone and, and see what's going on at home it's so it's it's, it's seamless and, and again, where we're located, we're about 150 meters off the road. And national Broadbind of Ireland put in three poles at no additional cost to us uh, and, and got that wire brought into the house. Um, so for that, we're ever so grateful. So wherever you are pretty much, uh, as soon as it's available, I'd say get it, you know, put your air code in on the site and and, and see what comes up and, and talk to them.
0: Okay, thanks very much. Come here to me. You're the young man of the family, you know, and of course Mm -hmm. you're the guy who wants to be downloading fast games and all sorts of terrible things. Yeah.
6: So. What is it,
0: Minecraft or something like that? I'm not good on these games.
6: So yeah, I got a new game the other night, and it would have usually taken like overnight plus, but you know, it was 45 gigabytes, and I downloaded in three and a half hours. Yeah, about three and a half hours. So it was very fast and I got to play it then that night because I only started downloading it at like half six yeah well now
0: it's far more important for other things rather than games Mm. so are you able to download some of the lessons that you get from the school teacher
6: yeah sure I'm able to like have multiple tabs open on the computer and like you know they don't need to all be closed down and shut down I don't need to look them up every day I can just like leave them open and if I need to do anything like on my phone with school and everything you know, I'm just able to do it, and it's, like, seamless, in like, instant.
0: Are you sure now you're not going to overload your computer and to self-destruct on you?
6: It's about as old as you, is, not it? <laughs> so, hopefully it doesn't.
0: Uh, hope- ho- hopefully it doesn't. Okay. And uh, I-, I suppose it is very important that, that you have it uh, for... Uh, your, your your homework and your schoolwork because I know I have grandchildren as I said earlier on and uh, they need very fast broadband to be able to uh, download what they need for their lessons. Do you, are any of your books, have your school books been downloaded yet?
6: Uh, no? no I haven't done them yet yeah, but yeah. I'm just starting secondary school this year so yeah. you know it's a big help now having the fast broadband yeah. just as I was starting you know so like it's not like we're used to it as such but it's now like i'm not having to download my books halfway through the year
0: yeah coming back to you peter there i know we spoke and it's some years ago when i was at uh, care farmers market just give me some idea of what you do and i know you uh, are now selling online
5: Indeed we are. I'm starting to get a little bit older, so don't actually carry that great big tent and set up in the market every Saturday morning. I did give six years to it, so I think I paid my dues there. But no, we we now sell online. And again, having that fast connection means, you know, the orders come through to us um, at islefoods.ie. I hope you don't mind me mentioning that, where we sell a range of our products. And, you know, before, sometimes you couldn't get onto the computer to see if you'd received any orders. And now we don't have that problem at all. So in that respect, it, it, it's fabulous. So,
0: OK, well, well done. Do uh, we. Listeners, we've been talking there about uh, MBI, and that is the National bro- uh, Broadband for Ireland. And having listened there to the family, and if anybody is listening to us this morning on Tip FM, and they're in a situation where they don't have fibre passing the house, and they need broadband badly, how can they make contact with NBI?
3: Sure, absolutely. We would be delighted if people would reach out to us via our website, so nbi.ie, where there's a search, co- search engine where you can insert your air code and, and see the information and availability of NBI um, to your house or your premises. We would love to hear from anybody, so just log on to our website, nbi.ie, and we're fabulous, delighted that the Randalls could be with us here today and delighted to be at the ploughing. Okay. Thanks so much, Jim.
0: Thanks very much. Thanks to the Randall family and thanks to... And let's hope if you have a problem, why not contact MBI? That, listeners, is AgriPort for this week. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join me at the same time next week for another AgriPort on TIP-FM. Coming up next is the news at 10 o'clock. And after that, Eamon The Wire presents Down Your Way.